I've watched IU basketball for quite a while, and I'm not sure I've ever seen anything like what happened on Tuesday night. IU absolutely implodes at Wisconsin. The House of Horrors continues. We have a lot to talk about, about what just happened in that game. What can you even take away from it? Plus, we're going to preview the women's basketball team uh, getting back into action Thursday night as well. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Thursday, December 9th. This is Locked On Hoosiers, your daily source for IU athletics news, uh, analysis, reactions, and... Today, just disbelief after what happened in Madison on Tuesday. Lots to talk about there. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. Thank you guys for making Locked on Hoosiers part of your day, and thank you for making it your first listen every day. Just a reminder, we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked on Hoosiers. Uh, Sponsor of today's show is On Location. They are the official hospitality partner of the NFL. And they're the only place to score a once in a lifetime once in a lifetime Super Bowl ticket experience package. Visit onlocationexp.com/sb56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. As always guys, you can subscribe to Locked on Hoosiers wherever you listen to your favorite podcast at. Follow us on Twitter at lo_hoosiers. And on Instagram at Locked On Hoosiers. Guys, we're going to try to explain what just happened in that men's basketball game. If you did not watch it, just watch the first half. It's one of the most frustrating, inexplicable uh, basketball games the Hoosiers have had. Maybe since I have been a fan, it hasn't been nearly as long as a lot of people, uh, but it, it's been a long time since I, I've watched a game like that. For those that didn't see it, Wisconsin wins 64 to 59 to keep their win streak alive in the Kohl Center. Up to 19 straight games they have won. That doesn't even begin to tell a small part of the story. The Hoosiers were absolutely routing Wisconsin in the first half. Lead was as big as 22 points in that first half. Uh, they went into halftime. Up 17 points. I never thought that the Hoosiers were going to blow them out, even as I watched it, uh, even as I was watching live. I knew Wisconsin would have a run, but I did not predict that the Hoosiers would get outscored 39-17 to in the second half and absolutely and totally implode. Uh, the Hoosiers led for 34 minutes and 26 seconds of this game. If you're wondering how it all went awry, there's a lot of stats you can point to. IU missed 15 of its final 16 field goal attempts. They missed six of their nine second half free throws. Wisconsin went on a 20 to three run over the final nine minutes of the game. Uh, it came after that Rob Finnessy and one layup uh, off Tamar Bates's pass in the fast break. Uh, that layup put the Hoosiers up 56 to 44. 
Fennessey would miss the free throw. IU would score three more points the rest of the game. Um, Mike Woodson said after the game it was like we were in quicksand in the second half. I'm not entirely sure where to even start. Overall, just looking at the second half statistics uh, is mind-boggling. As I said, they were outscored 39-17. to They were 7 of 31 from the field. That's 22.6%. They did not make any of their five three-point attempts, and they were 3 of 9 from the free throw line, as I mentioned. The 17 second half points is the fewest in any game over the last 15 years for the Hoosiers. That's courtesy of ESPN Stats and Info researcher Jared Burson. We're just going to vent in this first segment because there's a lot to be upset about. Some of it uh, fair, some of it, I I don't even know. So much of this was inexplicable that it's hard to even put into words what happened. The offense just went absolutely and totally ice cold. Wisconsin didn't even necessarily shoot the ball that great in the second half or in the game, but IU was so bad offensively that it didn't matter. Uh, Wisconsin shot just 40% from the field in the second half, 30.8% from the three-point line, but IU couldn't do anything offensively, gave up some really timely in the wrong way offensive rebounds and second-chance points. Um, I think one of the places you have to start is with Xavier Johnson. He drew the ire of a lot of fans, and probably rightfully so. I just want to kind of preface this with saying, don't go too far on this, because uh, if you just look at his raw stats, he had 10.7 rebounds and 7 assists, but Johnson was stuck in this weird position in the second half in which he was quick enough to absolutely blow by his defender but then would really have no idea what to do after that. It was an array of just really wild shots around, over, uh, defenders at the rim. The end result was him shooting 4 of 16 from the field, 0 of 1 from the three-point line, 2 of 6 from the free throw line. He checked in at the 621 mark of the second half, so it was 621 left, and proceeded to miss all five of his shots, all three of his free throws, including the front end of a one-and-one late, late in the game, had a turnover. He, after the game, to his credit, he said he took the blame for the game. Um, he did note if he had any um, regrets, I guess, in hindsight of not feeding Trace or Race more. And he said he was getting downhill, and that's his game. He's not wrong. It was just he would turn the corner on a defender and he would insist on getting a shot up when that wasn't working. And to a certain extent, it was what Wisconsin was playing him for. They were far more comfortable giving up a Xavier Johnson attempt near the rim than they were a Trace Jackson Davis anything. We're going to talk about Trace or the lack of Trace here in a second. So... This is one of those learning curves in a sense that you have to understand what the defense is giving you and why they're giving it to you. And I appreciate all the confidence Xavier Johnson has. And ultimately, he's still good. He's still a pretty big X factor for this IU team. And he's going to be really important moving forward. I Any of the 
you have to bench him. You have to, uh, you can't let him be the starter. Anything of that note, I, I won't, I won't hear it. Uh, Rob Finnessy was all right, but Xavier Johnson has a different dynamic to his game that the Hoosier offense needs when it's clicking. And it, it was clicking in the first half. We're going to talk about that as well. And Xavier Johnson was a big part of that. Uh, but in that second half, there was just a, I don't want to be too critical, but it was a certain lack of awareness going on, which you would hope your point guard wouldn't have. Uh, and the Hoosiers absolutely struggled because of that. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis, I'm not sure what happened in that second half. He had three shot attempts in the final 15 minutes and 21 seconds. There were multiple times where I thought, all right, the offense is going to ride, get it to Trace, let him work. And the problem was there were a couple times they would get him the ball and he would kick it out to rescreen, try to get position again, get the ball on the move, and the Hoosiers wouldn't get him the ball back. And to me, it's just inexplicable to not get your All-American the ball in those uh, big moments. Uh, Woodson said after the game, quote, we just couldn't make shots. I have to find ways to get Trace and Race down low. Uh, we missed free throws and then couldn't get critical stops. That Trace, jo Trace Jackson Davis was third on the team in field goal attempts is unforgivable. He should lead this team in field goal attempts every night, every game. Uh, Race Thompson, I thought, played well. He bailed IU out a lot. He was the only field goal after that fantasy bucket, uh, and it was a putback saving a possession. He made a couple of big plays. He saved a couple different possessions. He had the one kind of errant lob, I believe it was by Xavier Johnson, that he corralled, kicked out to a Parker Stewart three-point attempt. Race and Trace were good. They just didn't get him the ball enough, and that is something that cost the Hoosiers the game on the night. Uh, we're going. There's still a lot more to talk about from this game. A lot more to vent about before we continue venting and try to find some silver linings. Let's talk for a minute about kicking things up a notch for the big game, the grand stage, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away, and On Location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL, is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with college stars turned NFL legends Troy Aikman, Marcus Allen, Tim Brown, and more. Plus accommodations at five-star LA hotels and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com SB56 for more information. Or search Super Bowl on location. That's on location exp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. So this is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you guys are running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time, 
while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash lockedonncaa. Head to netsuite.com slash lockedonncaa for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash locked on NCAA. Hoosiers were absolutely not locked on in the second half, but the first half offered some positives. We're going to try to find some silver linings in this game. Before we do that, though, thanks again for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. When we are done uh, with trying to explain this Wisconsin game away, make sure your second listen is the Locked On Big Ten podcast. I was on earlier this week to talk Big Ten basketball for this week. Head on over there. Give Nate a listen. I tried to vent, give some of the bad. There's honestly a lot more you can go through. Um, I'm still not certain why Christian Lander just doesn't get minutes. Uh, Somebody asked Mike Woodson about it at the end of the game uh, or about whether he thought to put him in at the end of the game. That's not fair, and the way Woodson answered it probably will be taken out of context a little bit. He said it wasn't even a thought. The problem with that is I'm just not really sure why. Uh, He put Anthony Leal in toward the end of the game. With all due respect to Leal, he has a very kind of specific way he can impact a game, and it's pretty evident pretty early on whether he's going to do that. Uh, He played nine minutes and didn't record a stat aside from a block and a couple of fouls he picked up. Um, I, when, when Xavier Johnson is doing what he did at the end of the game, when Rob Finnessy maybe doesn't have it, he was only one of four from the field, had four rebounds, two assists and a turnover. I just don't know why you wouldn't throw Lander in there. I know he has a lot of turnover issues, and turnovers actually were a big positive for the Hoosiers on the night. We'll talk about that. But a lot of this team has turnover issues. So I thought at moments the Hoosiers could use somebody like Lander. There's a certain fearlessness he can play with as well. He pushes the tempo. There's some some things he can do that can create problems. And when IU was searching for a lot of answers, when they were in that quicksand, like Mike Woodson said, I thought somebody like Lander could help. Now, ultimately, this game was not won or lost because Christian Lander did not play. There were so many other things that happened. Uh, Miller Cop and Parker Stewart just went completely quiet in the second half. Wisconsin got some energy and did a lot better defensively, keeping guys in front of them. Uh, they were super uh, aware of where Trace Jackson Davis was and made it difficult for him to even get shots up. And kind of the good, I almost only want to say the good and the bad of Trace is that he doesn't really force shots if there's a lot of guys around him. He will, he understands that if there is a lot of focus on him, somebody else is open. And when the Hoosiers were at their best in the first half, they were cutting, they were moving, they were reading those openings, and they were getting shots. 
Second half, Wisconsin had a bit more energy, and uh, the Hoosiers weren't getting open as much. The cuts in the in the screens and the things of that nature were not creating openings, and the offense went cold. And even a lot of the shots that were falling in the first half, uh, some regression to the mean, and they did not fall in the second half. I thought it was going to be uh, a strong game because during that first half when everything was going well, I texted Jared, who we had on Tuesday's show, and said, the best part about this is that when those shots don't fall in the fir- or in the second half, Trace Jackson Davis is going to be ready to knock down some shots. And that just didn't happen. Part of it was they didn't get him the ball. They didn't get him the ball in space. There's a lot of – it's not as simple as saying – this one's on Xavier Johnson. He didn't do this. Part of that's true. You want your point guard to be able to be aware that your All-American needs the ball. Um, but there has to be actions and plays that can be run to get him Trace open looks. And Woodson admitted afterwards he has to find a way to get Trace and Race uh, touches in the post, get them openings that they can – take advantage of there was a lot that went wrong in the grand scheme of things if you told me IU was going to lose in Madison uh I would have believed you I told you last or in yesterday's pod that it's going to be one of those things I'm going to believe uh that they're going to lose until they finally win and I'll happily be proved wrong about that Uh, if you guys took Wisconsin plus four or minus four you got the most wild cover uh, of the year and kudos to you but this was the way it happened is frustrating aggravating mind-numbing <laughs> mind-boggling every every adjective you can think of uh i know there were a lot of complaints about the officiating i thought it was really silly there's a line that i think too many people cross again i didn't lose this game because of officiating And I really don't even like talking about officiating in general uh, because it does not impact the game. There are too many moments, too many plays, too many decisions, too many situations that you can ever point to officiating and say, that's why we lost the game. Officiating never, with very, 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 very few exceptions, officiating never determines the outcome of the game. The Hoosiers going... uh, missing 15 or 14 of the last 15 shots determined the outcome of this game. But there were some big 10 officiating moments in this one that uh, made me scratch my head. We vented. I vented even more than I thought I was going to vent. Let's uh, take one more second here to thank a couple more people. Let's try to look at some positives and then give you a quick preview of the women's game tonight. How does your favorite restaurant consistently make such delicious food? The short answer, they have access to the right kitchen tools. With Maiden's professional quality cookware and kitchenware, anyone is capable of making restaurant quality food at home. Maiden produces professional quality cookware for those who love to cook. They source the finest materials and partner with renowned craftsmen to make premium kitchen tools available directly to you, all without the markup. Maiden products are made to last and they offer a lifetime guarantee. Their cookware distributes heat evenly and can easily go from the stovetop to the oven. They have 40,000 five-star reviews, and their products are used by some of the world's best chefs at Michelin-starred restaurants across the world. 
Made in better cookware for better meals. Right now, Made in is offering our listeners 15% off your first order with promo code LOCKED ON. This is the best discount available anywhere online for Made In's products. Absolutely perfect, perfect gift for the holiday. Go to madeincookware.com slash locked on and use that promo code locked on for 15% off your first order. That's madeincookware.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on. I mentioned if you guys bet on Wisconsin minus four, you got uh, a very comfortable cover. You never had to worry about it. BetOnline has you guys covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football season continues, it's March to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new and updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Free money they are giving you. All you have to do is use the promo code Locked On. From basketball to football, NHL to boxing, UFC to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Let's try to find some positives because that first half was as good of a half as I've seen IU play in years, honestly. They only had nine turnovers in total on the night. That's a massive positive for a team that struggled mightily with them. Honestly, if you'd have told me they only had nine turnovers, that alone would have made me believe that they had a chance to win it. Again, so much context needs to go into this. Uh, They had five of those turnovers in the first half, and still you saw the blueprint for how this team can be really, really good. Xavier Johnson stayed out of foul trouble, was aggressive, was smart with the ball, uh, Miller Cop and Parker Stewart made shots. Parker Stewart started three for three from three. Miller Cop made all sorts of wild shots, probably an unsustainable amount, certainly an unsustainable amount. We saw in the second half, it didn't sustain. Uh, the Hoosiers didn't turn the ball over and they were running away with it. And they did all of it without Trace Jackson Davis having to be the focal point and carry the load. Uh, there was movement on the offensive end. Everybody on Wisconsin was focused on Trace, and he also did a fantastic job of drawing a double team and making the pass when he needed to, uh, stepping back and forcing the double to either come further away or retreat. He had the one play, I know, it was on the far side where he stepped back to the three-point line, the double team retreated, beat his man off the dribble, and had a, a kind of reverse layup that he didn't even jump on. Um, the defense was really, really good. There was a lot of switching, uh, on Tuesday or excuse me, on Wednesday to keep guys in front. It worked. Wisconsin shot the ball terribly. The right, the guys that they wanted to take shots were taking them and that being not Johnny Davis or Brad Davison. And it all led to the Hoosiers being up by 22. That wasn't a fluke. That was a strong performance on both sides of the ball by the Hoosiers. That first half, IU out-rebounded Wisconsin 23-14, 7-5 on the offensive glass, 11-4 on second-chance points. If you want to point to uh, another thing that led to this comeback, second half, Wisconsin won the rebounding battle 27-21. to It was even on offensive rebounds, and Wisconsin had two more second-chance points. 
they were critical. They were timely ones too. Um, I also thought the Hoosiers were composed in the first half. Uh, there was never really a run by Wisconsin, but early on they didn't let Wisconsin knocking a couple shots down early and the Hoosiers missing some impact them in any way. And they were the ones that had the really big run. And there was never a sense of accomplishment. I guess we saw why, but the Hoosiers were keep going. We're, we're continuing to go at it, continuing to go at it and never any let off whenever Wisconsin would nail a three Indiana would immediately come back and get another bucket. That same thing wasn't there as much in the second half. Um, but it, it was also a matter of some of the shots I was hitting in the first half. They weren't hitting in the second half. There was just a lot of things that happened in that second half. Um, inexplicable. I, I'm not sure. Maybe maybe I'll sleep on it, think about it, and some, some more reasons will come to mind. But honestly, I just don't understand what the Hoosier, why the Hoosiers did so many things differently in the second half than they did the first half. I don't understand why Trace Jackson Davis didn't get the ball. That one should be obvious. A lot of what Xavier Johnson did in the final five minutes, I don't understand. And yet the Hoosiers were right there through the whole thing. It's a frustrating loss. If you look at big picture, it's losing by five to Wisconsin on the road is a loss. It's going to age well. Neither of the IU's losses are bad this season. They lost to a Syracuse team on the road in their first true road game. Their first Big Ten road game, they faced a top 25 opponent and had them down double digits and only lost by five. It's frustrating. These are the learning curves or learning bumps that we expected this season. It was just the way IU did it on Wednesday was something unique. (laughs) Um, Quickly... I I talked a lot more about IU basketball, the men's team, than I anticipated I would. The women's team plays on uh, Thursday night. They will play Fairfield at 7 p.m. It'll be be in Assembly Hall. It'll be on BTM+. If you guys are around Assembly Hall, head on over there. This team's a lot of fun to watch. These two teams have only met once before in 1984. Fairfield won 89-85. Uh, Fairfield is only three and four on the season. They lost to Rutgers to give you a sense of where they kind of stack up. Rutgers is not expected to be anything close to a contender in the Big Ten this season. Um, so this should be a team IU takes it, uh, care of. Though slow starts have been a problem for IU, so we'll see if they're able to overcome that. The biggest thing I'm looking at is just continuing to build that momentum offensively. That's what the Hoosiers did on when they beat Penn State on Monday. They, again, started a little slow, but then absolutely turned it up offensively. Keep building that momentum offensively on, on Thursday because there is a ranked showdown with Ohio State looming on Sunday. Avoid that trap game and get yourselves ready for a really big Big Ten Conference road game on Sunday against a ranked Ohio State team. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back on Friday. I'll recap this women's game. We'll preview the Ohio State game that I mentioned. Uh, Look ahead to see if the Hoosiers can pick up another top 25 win. We'll also preview the men's team taking on Merrimack. 
it'll be a welcome, hopefully blowout to blow off some steam after whatever happened on Wednesday. I'm sure there'll be more thoughts I will have on that men's performance against Wisconsin as well. We'll get you guys all set for the weekend action for both the men's and women's team tomorrow. Now for your second listen, head on over to Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Hosted by your boy Q and with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Appreciate all the love you guys have given us. Uh, Wednesday was the biggest day in the podcast history. Can't thank you guys enough. Really, it means a ton. Follow us on Twitter if you haven't already. Please subscribe if you also have not already. Leave a rating and review. Helps us out a ton. But most importantly, guys, have a great Thursday and LEO.